It's Friday here in the sports pen. That means Ryan Steeg is in the studio with us. I'm Tanner Hoops. Glad to have you along. How's it going, Ryan? Not bad. Incredible timing, you got to say. It's pretty good. <laughs> A photo finish, but I tell you what, traffic out there is... Not Better great. than yesterday, but not great. No, no not it, ideal. It uh, no, it's uh, you got to drive slow. Um, and the roads, the main roads, like Wright Street's cleared pretty well. Mm. But like if you're going the back roads, I would take that extra second <laughs> and make sure that you're not, you know, <laughs> sliding through stop signs. Basically, yeah, have you gone on the roundabouts yet? I I went through the one that's um, near campus. Okay, and that one's pretty good. Not too bad. But I'm talking about the new ones out on 41. I have not been on those yet. I'm gonna wait a few days. I'm, I'm I've been, I've been waiting for quite some time because <laughs> I know people when there's new roundabouts have massive difficulties in negotiating them. So, I mean, people still struggle with the Ishming one. No. <laughs> so, um, but there you go. I tell you what, we've got that to talk about over the course of the next hour. I'm sure we're going to keep talking about the snow, roundabouts, what have you, because that's on everybody's mind up here. But we've got hockey and a big night at the Barry Event Center coming up, and we got Ryan in studio, so we're going to get to that. We've got NFL, we got NBA, and we've got NHL. All the above to get you into the weekend. And of course, a Friday funny is the way that we end the week per usual. You excited for tonight, though? It's going to be an interesting weekend. Uh, it's probably Northern's biggest test. Uh, you know, the BU series was... Uh, I mean. State's not very good. I mean, that was more so of you're playing a Big Ten full. You right. want to start out of the gate strong. B- BU is a long trip. They have a reputation out there. They're hard to beat at home, and Northern played pretty well out there. But uh, St. Cloud did pretty much took care of business against Northern last year. I mean, outscored them 9-1. to one. If you read my preview, those in the Mind Journal on Wednesday. Shameless plug. <laughs> um, and uh, they just really dominated that series and i asked grant if it's in a lot of people's minds and he said i hope so after saturday night's game um against huntsville i asked phil Ballou and he said everybody remembers that that's a big that you know and you do when you go into somebody else's barn that's a really good team and they basically destroy you <laughs> you know and you know northern was supposed to have a good year last year they were in the preseason poll they were finished behind um you know, Minnesota State, people thought them as a potential WCHA champion, and they came out and went to St. Cloud and were just pummeled. And uh, I think people remember that, and uh, it's it's going to be highly competitive. Well, St. Cloud is still reeling a little bit from last year. They were one of the best teams in the country a season ago, and then they get to the NCAA tournament, and as they seem to do, they just lay an egg in the opening round. That's what they did, and they don't seem to be fully recovered from it because they're off to a tough start this year, but that roster is way too talented. Uh, that you can't take them lightly. They are better than their record would indicate. I love how their record is one, two, and three. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> it made it made people look at it and just be like, "Is that really their record?" It's like it? Yeah, basically. And uh, yeah, it was um, they're they lost to American International. Do you mm-hmm. know where that is? Last, I think it's in New York, Springfield, Massachusetts. Springfield, oh, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, obscure college hockey team that's been <laughs> down for pretty much its entire existence uh, pulled um, one of the biggest upsets probably in college hockey history. Other than me, not, not yeah, I'm one of the few people who actually saw AI actually winning that game, um, simply because of St. Cloud's reputation. They're not mm-hmm. a good AI was a terrible team, but St. Cloud chokes in the tournament, mm-hmm. so that's what's. <clears throat> It's in the back of their nines. They lost a good chunk. Jimmy Schultz gone. He yep. was a Hobie finalist. Um, good chunk of their scoring's gone. Um, Jackie Kahn's back though. He's a you know he was a All American defenseman last year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <clears throat> 
there's a lot of still still good quality players right there, so Northern's going to have their hands full. And they're very well coached. I like the way Brett Larson runs the team. Yeah, he took over for Bob Motzko, which basically uh, kind of um, turned the program into a powerhouse, mm-hmm. into like a like an NCAA tournament frequent participant instead of a, you know, we'll show up every like six, seven years <laughs> kind of a thing. We're actually in it like every year. So it's... Um, and Grant knows St. Cloud really well. Mm. He played against them in Minnesota. Um, he coached against them in Minnesota. He played, um, you know, he knew Bob Watsko very well. I know Bob's not there, but the same system's pretty much there. Mm. So it's, uh, I think, if there's, like, a bunch of teams that you could be, like, Northern could be well aware of that are non-conference, I'd say St. Cloud's up there because Grant knows what they're bringing. Well, and you know, Brett Larson, I'm partial to him because that's a former Sioux City Musketeer coach. I used to be part of Sioux City's <laughs> yeah. radio team. So any Sioux City guy that moves on, Dave Haxtell, that kind of, you know, that class of people. Yeah. I always enjoy the way that they coach and when they have success, except this weekend. Except yeah. this is the only weekend I'm hoping the Huskies and Brett Larson don't have success. It's, uh, <clears throat> like, this is not going to be an easy thing. I mean, Huntsville should have been an easy sweep. Ferris probably should have been an easy sweep. It was more difficult than it was, Mm -hmm. than it should have been. But this one, it's like Northern's going to have to be strong out of the gate like they were Saturday night against Huntsville. They were more ready to play. You know, Grant talked about that, and the players did, and Phil Ballou did too. He said, our we're not ready to play on Fridays. We are on Saturdays. We come out strong. We're scoring. But on Fridays, they're always slow mm-hmm. <clears throat> getting going. It happened against BU. It happened against State. It happened against Huntsville. It's just, I don't know what it is, but uh, they have to be ready to go. They're playing a very good team who is not ranked for the first time in, let's see, more than two years. Yeah. So it's uh, that's going to be in their minds. They feel like they should be ranked. Um Although their record dictates that they shouldn't be, right. so, <laughs> they're still getting votes. They're still getting votes. Yeah, yeah. And look at this way: Harvard was still in the top twenty despite not playing a game <laughs> for a stretch. Yeah, this is why this is why I don't trust polls, and I don't mm-hmm. and I don't vote in that poll. So yeah, um, the only ones that matter, as Grant said, is the pairwise rankings at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I know. They matter a lot to Grant because if you look as a whole, you know, Grant said had, you know, his first year, the year that uh, Northern went to the WCA championship game, had Northern won one of their games in Omaha or maybe one of their other non-conference games, they would have made it in the tournament and wouldn't mm-hmm. need that auto bid. Yep. So as depressing as that game would have won, it wouldn't be as depressing because you'd already have your bid locked up. So um, he knows the importance of that, and I think the team knows it, and uh Especially the veterans, um, like the seniors and the juniors who are part of the rise of the program, they they know that they've just missed the tournament um, a couple times, so it's it's important. I don't want to get on too much of a tangent here, but why do the Ivy League schools wait a month till after everybody else to play their first game? That's so stupid to me. Why do they do that? I've been trying to figure that. Well, look they at this way. better than everybody because well, they're Ivy League? Well, the Ivy League and football don't play in the FCS playoffs. <laughs> and they don't play. They just stick with their conference. They don't play D1 programs, mm-hmm. which would have been funny. Because I think had Princeton played Rutgers in that anniversary game, <laughs> they probably could have won that game. You know, it's a missed opportunity for Princeton there. Um, Rutgers dodged a bullet. <laughs> oh, man. And now they're going to get Greg Schiano, so I'm not going to say they're dodging a bullet too quickly. They, It's just... Uh, 
but to get back, I don't know why they do it that way. But you know, you look at the Eastern schools, like I've mentioned before, they'll play a random Tuesday game mm-hmm. or a Wednesday game. It's like Maction at late <laughs> in the year for football. It's like, oh, okay, we'll play then. Now the only time I've seen Northern do that is when they played Notre Dame that one night, mm-hmm. and it's because Notre Dame needed an extra game, and you know they agreed with it because mm-hmm. Notre Dame's got the money and they can throw it at yeah, them. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but. It's weird, and it's always one game. It's not like it's a series. Yeah, it's I. They do so <clears throat> much weird stuff out there it, in the East it, Coast. They play random games. They they're adamantly opposed to adding three on three overtime and <laughs> shootouts. I mean, shootouts aren't great, but it's like at least you have a winner. Exactly. You don't just die off with a tie. I mean. In that tie that Northern had against BU, Northern was out playing them late. Mm-hmm. And I think if they played a second overtime, you know, Northern could have gotten oh, some yeah. points. Which is why I've said, with if you want to stick within your conference and do your behind-the-times, hating-change kind of thing, like the Eastern <laughs> schools do, fine. But if you're playing a non-conference opponent, shouldn't you, like... There should be like a universal rule saying, mm-hmm. okay, you need to follow and make sure there's an ending. If you're satisfied with a tie in your own league, fine, but like that affects some stuff. I mean, why are there <clears throat> ties in American sports? There's not in football or college basketball, but the there NFL. is. There is in the NFL, and I still I just hate that. But why is there ties in modern college sports in the 21st century? So nobody gets bummed out? I don't know. Well, uh, just give everyone a trophy then. I don't want to be one of those guys, guys but, but come on. I, I've, I have opposed ties for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't like them because you leave a game, even if you lose, you're still like, okay, you know, we'll be back next night. Right. You know? But like a tie, it's like, okay. <laughs> There's no winner. Yeah, it's like, well, I guess if we had played better, we would have won. But, <laughs> like, I mean, it is. I mean, I, when I was in North Dakota as a student, there was a highly competitive series when Colorado College came to town. This is back when they were actually really good. Mm-hmm. And there was two ties. <laughs> I drove up <laughs> to watch two ties. You left, they're like, oh, okay. This is well worth the trip. <laughs> you know, it was just, I... It just I don't get it, and mm-hmm. I don't why they're so, they're so hating change so mm-hmm. much, and uh, it, it's some Eastern mindset. Yeah. And uh, the NCHC does it this way. The WCHC does what they. The Big Ten does it this way. Mm-hmm. Every conference except the Eastern conferences, and I don't understand it. It's like there's no ties in college football, basketball, baseball, but there is in traditional sports like hockey and soccer, and I cannot stand that. I. You know, and uh, in, in your postseason, if you're in the postseason, you don't play for a tie. No. Then why why do you do it in the regular season? I, I, the, the, there's things. There's like maybe like three or four things that really upset me with sports mm. and ties that they still <laughs> exist is one of them. Let's see, ties, guys going through the coaching carousel, getting like six or seven chances even though they never succeed. Yeah. Those are got to be up there for your pet peeves in sports. Yeah, those are probably my top two. Uh, and then uh, um, uh, you look at uh, controversy, not just the coaching carousel, but guys who are like terrible people mm. who sometimes get keep getting hired <laughs> places. Um, and uh, or guys who are terrible players, like mm. terrible people who keep getting chances, those really bother me. Um, people who can't handle the media very well. Mm, Baker. Yeah, Baker, you can throw it on there. Or teams that can't do it, yep. a.k.a. the Astros. <laughs> I mean, it's I 
so there's my list. Like, if I write a column about things I hate the most, that would probably be, the, like, the top four or five. So where do you stand on Bilicek? Because we know how he is with the media. Where, where do you stand on him? I just think he's a grumpy, unhappy person. <laughs> like, a guy who will win multiple titles and probably stew about it in his house. Ugh. <laughs> uh, should have won by 30. They could win the Super Bowl this year, win like 30-6, to six, and he'll have seven rings. He'll be the, undoubtedly the greatest coach of all time, and he will find something to be upset about. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I, I mean, I get competitiveness. You want to, you know, you're, you want to be the best that you can be, but you want a championship. Mm-hmm. Be satisfied with that. I mean, it's like, there's a Family Guy episode devoted to that. How Bill Belichick's unset. I love that episode. It's just like, uh, you know, God is on the show (laughs) upset over it. I mean, it's just, I I don't understand it. I I, I can't stand the Patriots just in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just, I mean, outside of New England, I don't understand how you could actually root for that team and feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Where you're looking in the mirror and not like hanging your head in shame. That's that's how I feel about New England. And what's the best part is when that Family Guy episode was created, Bilicek had only won three Super Bowls. He's since doubled his ring total, and he's not any happier. No, he's still a very unhappy guy who smiles. And remember that? Wasn't there a clip where he was smiling and he looked in the camera and was like, "Oh, I, I, I no, no joyful expressions for me." Kanye West does that all the time too. It's like. You know, you you can express happiness, believe it or not. People can know that you're feeling good inside. Bill, your former assistant, your former player coaching the Tennessee Titans said he would give up his man organ to win just one. Yeah. (laughs) Mike Mike Vrabel's willing to part with that to get one. Yeah. You're sacrificing years of your life to get a championship. (laughs) And he's just like, "Uh, we won, but, you know, our blitzing package wasn't working well. It's like... Shut up. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, you respect that he's a winner. Mm-hmm. You respect that uh, what he's done. But it's like, I can't respect him as a person. It's just, ugh. I just wonder what he's like away from the cameras, at home and everything. I just would love to see it. I'd love to spend one night in Bilicek's home as his guest. Ah, boy. I just want to see what a typical Tuesday night in the offseason looks like at the Bilicek house. Like, are, are you a human? Or are you like a robot? <laughs> You know, it's like, um, or like a robot that's attempting to be human, you know, like a Terminator. Were you sent here to spy on us? Yeah. Observe our ways? Yeah. And then, like, he he lets his guard down if he smiles or something. He's like, oh, people are on to (laughs) me. That kind of a thing. So. I tell you what, I'd love him coaching my team. I'd take him all day. Oh, yeah. I mean, like. what, What his attitude is like, I would still take him. Yeah. Wouldn't even care. And then I'd probably love him. I'd probably support him if he was coaching my team. You know, and it's like New England will defend itself to its death. Mm-hmm. Boston fans will just do that. And then they'll say, oh, you're just jealous. And it's like, no, you you, you got a team of terrible people. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I'm not jealous of a team that's full of terrible people. Like the Patriots week two this year when they have Belichick as their head coach and they give terrible people a second chance. Yeah, yeah. Antonio Brown. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, okay, now now, we're, now uh, our standards are too high they for Antonio They cut him after Brown. one game because they had to beat the Dolphins. They had to get Antonio Brown on there to beat the Dolphins. How sad is that? <laughs> 
<laughs> and the Dolphins just beat the Jets for their first victory, which I will bring up in the funnies. <laughs> oh, let's take a timeout. Let's get to some more NFL next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along. Week 10 of the NFL season got going last night with kind of an ugly little game out west as Oakland beat the Chargers 26-24. The Chargers threw up all over themselves in the first quarter of that game and were somehow only down 10, came back to take the lead, and then blew it, lay against Oakland. That's the Charger way. <laughs> well, normally the Chargers give a, a massive lead, come back, like pull within a touchdown, and then come up, come up short. <laughs> this is a different Chargers um, attitude where we actually take the lead late and then blow the lead. It's just, I... Is Philip Rivers, are people finally coming around that he might be, he's never going to win a Super Bowl? He looked really bad yesterday. It usually, you know, in Levitard, i got to credit the Levitard show with this because they brought this up, and most of the time it's true. I would say every game until last night it's true. Philip Rivers is in a perpetual state where no one builds around him, and he's always down by seven with two minutes to go, having to drive the length of the field. Last night... Rivers just looked awful, like he was part of the problem. Usually he's the solution if there is one for the Chargers. Last night he was part of the problem, and that comes the same day that he's named the best quarterback to never play in Super Bowl Sunday by ESPN. Yeah, by Bill Bill Barnwell. And and I didn't agree with that list prior to the game yesterday. I thought Warren Moon should have been ahead of him. And and I do think Dan Fouts. I'm leaning to Dan Fouts. I think he is the best Chargers quarterback ever. I think he should be ahead of Rivers. Uh But Rivers didn't help his case last night. No, no, he had... I mean, his line didn't help, you know, you can have that as an excuse, but like, picks, just mm-hmm. like, and they're bad picks, <laughs> I mean, throwing into coverage, throwing it like directly to the guy, it's like, dude, you're supposed to be like, everybody's, I mean, a few years ago, you were like the top fantasy quarterback, <laughs> now it's like, I just looked the other day, because I play fantasy in the league, mm-hmm. and right now he's available, and he's got, he averages like, 13, 14 yeah. points as a quarterback. That's I had kinda, him and dropped him. Yeah. It's like, it's, he's, he's on it. I feel like he's on his last legs mm-hmm. in a career, which I joked with Drew Brees not being able to find his daughter <laughs> in the end. So, um, uh, but like, he's just, I, I don't know. I, I, I think he whines a lot on the field. He's not respected by a lot of people mm-hmm. and the officials hate him. Yeah. <laughs> they did that. Do you remember a few years ago where they did like an interview with like anonymous refs in the league and said, who's the biggest whiner? And they said, Philip Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Brady was too. <laughs> I mean, how much of a whiner do you have to be that Tom Brady is below you? <laughs> um, it just, it's. I don't know. The Chargers are so bad. I I started watching that game. I wanted to watch it full length because it's rare that I actually get to watch a Thursday night game full Mm -hmm. length. And I turned it off at halftime because it was so bad. And then I saw later that, okay, they made a comeback. So I flip it back on and then I watched them blow it. And it's like, (laughs) well, this is worth my time. Rivers, in the first half, his favorite target was Eric Harris, the Oakland safety. He threw two interceptions to him, one that got returned for a pick six. He would have thrown three except for a penalty at the line of scrimmage. Someone had like a chop block or something. He threw to the same opposing player three times before halftime last night. Was he trying to be Nathan Peterman? I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it just, at that point, you might as well put in Terod Taylor. He's not wearing blue. <laughs> 
He's wearing white. Oh, I tell you what, last night, those uniforms were spectacular. Oh, aren't they great? Both the uniforms. The Chargers powder blues are undefeated. And I personally like Oakland when they have a little flair to the uniforms, like the white uniforms. With the gray numbers. numbers. Yes, with the black outline. Now, from a distance, it's hard to read. Like, as a broadcaster, I wish maybe for a little darker silver. But still, those uniforms are fantastic. Yeah, they're great. And uh, the fact that the Chargers have enough common sense to go to the powder blues as their actual home uniforms instead of their navy ones, I never understood why they left and went away from that to their navy uniforms. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there was that one stretch where they went... With like a royal blue, I think that was like the 70s thing, mm-hmm. or the early 80s, and then they went to a navy blue, and then for like, what was it, like this, it was more recently, like I think they had, it was when the NFL mandated like the league that they every team has to have a retro uniform mm-hmm. to play one game a year, and they went to the powder blues, and they were so insanely popular mm-hmm. that they decided they're going to go back to that. As and, they should. Yeah, I mean, they're so great, and uh, definitely, I would say, probably the top uniform in the league. Um, there's other ones. Uh, I love Denver's orange yep. uniforms. They're, that's what they should be. I know they won their Super Bowls when they were in blue, but mm-hmm. still, you know, that's what they should be. That's their main color is mm-hmm. orange. Um, I wish other teams would do that. I love the Bears when they wear orange, yes. but... They're stuck on the <laughs> navy black. I mean, is it black or is it navy? It's hard to tell, isn't it? I think it's navy. Okay. I think it's navy, but it, it's tough to tell. Yeah, because if you look at their uniforms when they're on TV, it looks like they're black. Mm-hmm. But it's like a really dark navy. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and then some other ones. Uh, I like the Carolina Blues. The Panther Blues. The Carolina yeah. Blues are very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I there's so many good uniforms that I wish teams would stick with. I mean, I like the Browns when they wear orange, yep. but they are the Browns, so I feel like they have to wear brown just because they are the Browns. You like the Dolphins orange? I love those. I, yeah. a Rick, I have a Ricky Williams orange jersey <laughs> in my closet. I love that thing. It's beautiful. Um, I there, There's so many good uniforms, and I wish... I mean, and then there's so many bad retro mm-hmm. uniforms. Like, when the Packers wear their retro uniforms, they're so terrible. And it's like, I know they have to one game, but it's like, I've yet to see a Green Bay Packers fan buy that jersey and wear it to a game. I'm sure some guy has, oh, sure. but I've yet to see one. And, uh, you know, same with the, uh, the prison uniforms mm-hmm. that the uh, Steelers wore. Mm-hmm. It's like... Again, who was going to buy that? I mean, there's a lot of them. That, you know, if you have a third jersey, a retro jersey, those are your most popular selling oh, jerseys. I mean, Northern's realizing that with their gold oh, ones. I know. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of third jerseys. I love alternate jerseys. Yeah, they're they're great. That's what people buy them for. Mm-hmm. And then there's some teams who have terrible retro ones and sell them, and nobody buys them. No. And it's just. And I wish that the Packers would go with their gold for color rush instead of all white. It just looks weird. Um, I know we're really off on a tangent talking about (laughs) uniforms here. But but it's like there's so many good ones, and then there's so many bad ones. It's it's disappointing. Do you like the Patriots old retros? I love it. Those are nice. The 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 guy snapping the the football. I've said that they should have kept that guy from the beginning. I loved those ones. The Patriot Pat. Pat, like Pawtucket Brewery Pat. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, I mean, the guy snapping the football, I mean, there's, 
70s and 80s logos, I mean, there's so many guys I know who are just like, oh, they were so bad back in the day. But my generation loves retro oh, uniforms. Oh, I do, too. I absolutely do. Yeah, I mean, I if I was... A, if I was Roger Goodell, I would mandate that the Tampa Bay Bucks have to wear their creamsicle uniforms every game at home. The one that's got the the guy with the the sword in the sword in the teeth. I love those things. I searched all over when I was in Florida to find a Buccaneers creamsicle something, and there wasn't any. And it was disappointing to me. So it's like, if I ever go back there, I'm going to continue my search because I love those things. My dad laughs because mm-hmm. he hates them. But I, I think they're, like, magical. You know what uniforms, or at least part of the uniform, I really, really want to make a comeback is the red Atlanta Falcon helmets. I love those. Those are great. Yeah. I want to see those come back. <sighs> Let's see. Let's go down the line here. I love... Um, the Niners really haven't changed that much. No, they uh, haven't. The Seahawks. What do you think? They're old ones with the silver helmets. Uh, they were okay. I I actually am a fan of like tennis ball green, so I kind of like that little bit of splash in it. Okay, they did look good though when they had the old ones though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with either of either of them. I think they did them both the right way. Okay. Um, I like the old the Rams uniforms that they wore in the Super Bowl last mm. year. I think they're great. Yep. I don't know what they're doing with their white uniforms. Um, the white horn on the helmet. Yeah, I, I mean, like I know it. that's what they did back in the '60s when they were like had this the fearsome foursome defense. Mm-hmm. But when you have that gold on there, mm-hmm. I mean, either go all white or don't don't put that splash of color in there if mm-hmm. that's what you're going for. Um, I love the ones they wore that in the Super Bowl last year. The Cardinals. Cardinals used to have. Absolutely, the most plain uniforms. Like, and they did that up to like 2005. They didn't have anything other than plain white numerals on plain red jerseys. Mm-hmm. It was really boring. Yeah, it was blah. I love the Broncos or old with the D with the horse in them. Elway days. The Elway days. Those are fantastic. I love. I mean, the Chiefs haven't really changed. No. Uh, let's see. The Cowboys. They're they're always going to be yeah, the same. Cowboys are iconic. Do you remember when the Giants used to wear red alternate uniforms? I remember those. There was talk they might bring those back, which if they do, I think they need a little bit extra flair. Yeah. And I like third jerseys, mm-hmm. but maybe, I don't know, splashing a little blue on it. I love the uniforms the Giants wore in Monday Night Football. Oh, those are great. Those were awesome. With the helmet that says just as yes. Giants? Yeah. I love those. And then you have, okay. I hate the fact that the Lions wear those blah uniforms on Thanksgiving. Wear the Barry Sanders uniforms. <laughs> those are good. I mean, yeah, yeah, the Lion was a little small, and mm. yeah, but, I mean, the gray helmet, and it's just like, this is what, like, you know, like some pickup eighth grade this team wears. It's like when, you know, Boston University's hockey uniforms mm. that are so blah, um, they're, they're red ones where it's just like, you know, it just says Boston University on the front, and it looks like what you wear in a rec league game. <laughs> it, it's like, no, it's like, you, you got to have something. I mean, the Colts are the same. Yep. The Bengals, I like, they're fine. I always love the Tiger Stripes. Yep. The Steelers stick with what they got. Uh, let's see, the Browns, and eh, the Browns are the Browns. Can I amend one thing on the Steelers, though? They're fine. The, the numerals should have been... More like block style, more traditional. I do that. I yeah. would do that. Like Iowa, kind of like the University of yeah. Iowa. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I will say this: they have the money. Buy a second logo <laughs> for their helmet. I don't get it. It's like, why do you still just have one logo uh, on your I'm head? I'm sure there's a story behind it. I have no idea what it is, but I do wish they would conform. It's like. I mean, you just look weird. I mean, you have the money. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, is it really hard to find the logo to put another helmet? I mean, loosen the purse strings yeah. a little bit. Dan Rooney, come on, man. <laughs> it's like you're an ambassador to Ireland. Don't you have any money? <laughs> and then it's like, uh, what else? I love the Bucks. The Dolphins are fine. Um, let's see. Panthers, you know, we talked about them. I like their blue ones. Jet should have stuck with their old ones. Yes. Mm. You're talking about the one, the Namath ones or the ones that they wore in the 80s? The the Namath ones. The Namath ones? Okay. Kind of liked those like in a throwback sense. Yeah. Probably not for like an everyday thing or like yeah. an every Sunday thing. Okay. But like this new rebrand or whatever, the whole Gotham Green, yeah. did not need to happen. No. The, it, it didn't need to happen. I know they're trying to start a new era. Um, uh, the Eagle, off to a blind start. Eagles, back to Kelly Green. Mm, yes. I, I love the the Randall Cunningham yes. days. Those are amazing. Somebody needs to wear Kelly Green in pro sports they're, because there's not enough of it. It, it, it. The green just pops. Mm. It's just amazing. I love it. And uh, have we got them all? We I, might have. I, okay. I mean, oh, the skins. The skins. Uh... I don't know. I. What do you think about the helmet with the R in the middle instead of the... I, I wish they'd go that because I, I don't like the skin's name per, right. in general, mm-hmm. but it looks slightly less offensive <laughs> if you have the R in the middle, so I kind of wish they'd do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Ravens, Ravens. they haven't... Have they really changed? Really done a whole yeah, lot yeah. now. I like their purple better than their black. Yep. That's just me. Yep. I tell you what, we could do a whole segment on that. And we, we kind of did. did. <laughs> We can do color rush real quick. Who's your favorite color rush in the NFL? Ooh, there's some good ones. I do like Seattle's lime greens. I uh-huh. do like that as a color rush. I do like the Vikings color rush. I like actually. their. I like theirs too. I, I like the Broncos too, and I like. Uh, I like the Lions color rush too. The Silvers are pretty. Pop. Yep, I like those. I tell you what, the Vikings should make their color rush like their primary. Have you noticed that if you put the Vikings uh, font like side by side with their primary jerseys they don't match like yeah. you look at a picture of harrison smith because he wears number 22 and the font in the two on the left side of his chest is different than the two on the right side and that just continually bothers me i don't know why they don't fix that what yeah <laughs> i never I, during the break. I, I never really noticed that before if you're if you're listening at home pull up a picture of harrison smith wearing the vikings uniform and the font is different on the two number twos on his jersey i'll show ryan here during the break when we come back does the nba have a major problem that there really is no solution for well they might have a few but we're going to talk about one next on espn up check out the up's live and local sports talk show the sports pen weekday afternoons at four on espn up and on the espn up app welcome back to the sports pen on espn up tanner hoops ryan steeg with you glad you're along here's your sports center update Last night, the Pittsburgh Penguins snapped the New York Islanders' 10-game winning streak with a 4-3 overtime victory. The Pens trailed 3-0 in the third period before rallying to force OT. Brian Russ scored the winner in the extra session. You love to see it. You As love a to Penguins see it. Fan, As I a Penguins fan, it. I'm sure you love to see it, yeah. <laughs> Plus, Brian Rust, former Notre Dameer, scores the winner. Two goals last night. Yeah, it worked for you. ESPN has renewed the contract of Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A.'s new five-year, $40 million deal will make him the highest-paid personality at ESPN. Congratulations to our colleague, Stephen A. And finally, a convicted murderer had his request for immediate release denied after claiming that he had already served his life sentence. This is maybe my favorite update that I've gotten to do in at least, I don't know, a hot minute, as the kids say. Because, and this is a story out of Iowa, which makes it even more great for me. An Iowa judge denied uh, commuting the sentence of a convicted murderer because he was convicted of murder and he was sentenced to life in prison. He got kidney stones that were infected while he was in prison. 
So they found him unconscious. It turns out that the infected kidney stone gave him septicemia. So they rush him to the hospital where his heart momentarily stops beating for a few minutes. So they have to resuscitate him. He claims that since he technically died because his heart stopped, that that means he served his life sentence and he should be released. It's an interesting <laughs> argument, man. I'm like, there might actually be somebody stupid out there, somebody stupid enough out there to buy it. You could make a case. Yes, I you mean, could. Yeah. It's dumb, but you can make a case for it. I technically died. <laughs> I served my life sentence. It yeah. I, it, it's <laughs> the judge said that the case had no merit and did deny his request. But I tell you what, I just... He rolled the dice. Yeah, he did. And yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't rooting for him. I guess I can't blame him for trying, but I wasn't <laughs> rooting for him. But I tell you what, I, could you imagine finding a lawyer to take on that case? There's always some dumb lawyer who will do it. There's, there's a lot of phenomenal lawyers, and I know a few of them, but there's a lot of really dumb ones up there. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. What is the NBA's biggest problem right now? Is it the backlash from China? I mean, it's probably not anymore. Right now it's probably dealing with load management and the whole Kawhi Leonard situation, which I think is stupid. You know, Doc Rivers, the head coach of that team, was fined $50,000 yesterday because he said Kawhi has never felt better. I tell you what, I hate it in the sense that the NBA is trying to dictate how somebody coaches. You know, that's why you hire a coach, let them coach. At the same time, I know that you get a game like Kawhi against Giannis in primetime, you want that to happen, and you're going to take action to make sure that it does it's tough. I see where the NBA is coming from. At the same point, the coach is there to coach. you, you got to let him do his job. I feel like unless you're endangering your players, mm -hmm. you really should stay out of it. Like, if you know that your coach is, like, abusing people and forcing them to play through stuff that they shouldn't be playing through, because college has to deal with that all the time. Mm -hmm. and the NCAA will hammer them badly if they do that, which, to their credit, as dumb as they are, the NCAA, they take player safety pretty seriously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um and uh, But, yeah, I would say just leave Doc Rivers alone. I tell you what, though, and this is the only argument I'll make for the NBA is because Adam Silver and company will look at baseball and say, this is not what we want to become because you get so many people say, I don't care about the 162-game regular season. Wake me up when it's October and we can have playoff baseball. That's what I'm going to tune in for. Well, if Kawhi is going to rest and take games off and play about 65 every regular season so he can be ready for the postseason, then people are going to say, okay, I don't care about the regular season. I know that Kawhi and the Clippers are going to be there in the playoffs. That's when I'm going to start tuning in. I think that's what the NBA is trying to avoid is becoming Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has Mike Trout as their star. <laughs> And there's a good chunk of this country that has no idea who Mike Trout is. <laughs> it's like the NBA's biggest asset right now is they have so many stars that are known. And I can understand them wanting to have that out there. I mean, you look, did you notice how bad the Warriors are mm. and how they have so many primetime games this mm. year? And... People, I mean, that's got to be devastating for networks that are televising because people aren't going to tune in no, anymore. Especially now that Steph Curry's probably yeah. not going to play again this year with a hand fracture. Yeah, so you're watching some bad Warriors team on primetime or the Christmas games, <laughs> which are supposed to be like a ratings boom for you know the NBA and for you know all the. It just I don't. Two years ago, a Christmas Day, like a prime Christmas Day game, was Cleveland and Golden State. And no network will touch that. No, no, no. 
and how uh, oh, times have changed. It's uh, kind of bizarre, but it's true. Well, and the other thing to Mike Trout and why he is the biggest star in baseball, but nobody has any idea who he is, or at least... I don't know how much of the country, 50% probably couldn't pick him out of a lineup, and that might be generous. It doesn't help that he has the personality of my coffee cup over there. Yeah. Uh, the NBA has guys with a personality, mm-hmm. and, I mean, you're hard-pressed to find, like, maybe, like, 10 people who have a personality in Major League <laughs> Baseball. And they're usually hated for that because yep. baseball has stuck in the past, and they're like, nobody should be human <laughs> you know everybody should just be stone-faced and everybody they, there's so many unwritten rules and i've written columns about it there's a reason baseball still plays in button-up shirts yes and it's or is the only sport where you'll see managers dressing like their players <laughs> which i hate i think it's remarkably really? stupid it's like you're sitting on a bench what are you doing? You know how sad it is that there's a bench coach who sits the entire game and is dressed like he's going out in the field? Don Zimmer did that, and Don Zimmer could barely move. <laughs> it looked pathetic. It's so dumb. And it's like, why? I, I You know, it's because it's always been that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, maybe back in the day there were player coaches, I guess, mm-hmm. so maybe it made sense. Yep. But it's like, if you look at a guy who probably hasn't been to a gym in probably 30 years, <laughs> yeah, sitting on the bench in a uniform, it looks bizarre. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's another thing that I'd change in baseball. That was a question of the day once. If you had your choice, which Major League Baseball's manager's lap would you sit on? It was a weird question of the day, but it was a question of the day. How about one that actually has a lap? <laughs> Not a guy whose gut covers his lap. So, let's see. Joe Madden? Joe Madden's pretty sick. You know, Joe Girardi, maybe. Joe Girardi. Oh, no. He, he makes me feel uncomfortable. Just looking at him, he looks like a hitman. Okay. Does he not? Maybe he's friendly if you get close to him. I bet he is. I bet yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah, but yeah. He looks like he's a hitman. Uh, let's see. I would say... I feel like Garden Hire would remind me of Santa. He probably was. Yeah. He has kind of a jolly demeanor. Yeah. The man was... Kelly Clarkson's his ringtone, man. <laughs> it's like, how do you not like want to like... Yeah, he, he's got the beard. He's good there. I mean, Rocco Baldelli's probably bad. Yeah. Like, no, he, he's actually be good because he actually is fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... Although it'd be weird, you know, sitting on the lap of a guy who's only a few years older than me. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would not want to sit on the lap of a guy who is... Where you're basically sitting on his gut. No. It'd be weird. I can't think of who that would be right now, though. I don't think there's that many guys who are that out of shape. No. But back in the day, there were. Tommy Lasorda. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably not the, that's not the move. Yeah, no. I tell you what, though, going back to the NBA with the whole Kawhi Leonard management thing, load management, I love that term now. I want to start load using management. that term in, like, everyday situations. Load management. Yep. I feel like I should use that at the paper sometime. Yeah, boss, I'm going to need a few days off for load management. Uh, yeah. It's a little too much, you know. I, uh, I've worked every day. It's time, you know. You know, we've got a 365-day year. You know, I'm only I'm going to put a cap about 320. Yeah. 320. Yeah, that's, that's enough. That's all I can do. It's like Kawhi capping his regular season games at 65 as compared to an 82-game schedule. But I tell you what, I get that the NBA doesn't want to lose ratings during the regular season, but at the same time, if a player wants to be healthy to the point where he can win a championship for you, 
I just don't know how you can force that. It just seems like it's the tampering rule. It's a rule you can't enforce because even if he is active for the game, you can't control how long that you know Doc Rivers puts him into the game. Maybe Doc Rivers puts him in for four minutes, and that's it. You yeah. can't control that. It's you really can't, and uh, I think they should just let him do what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the the bad thing with basketball, the stereotype with basketball, people don't like basketball, is all you need to do is pay attention to the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, the first three quarters don't matter. I know basketball coaches hate it when mm-hmm. people hear that, but it's like, I mean, it's in a way, it's kind of true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen, you know, if you cover high school basketball, I mean, I've covered games where it's what six six after the first quarter mm-hmm. and then the fourth quarter you get up into the 60s yeah. like you know it's just like you know if there's a quarter to, i always tell people if you're going to be late to a game it's skip the first quarter because <laughs> you're not going to see much no. and then the fourth quarter is competitive the third quarter is pretty good but it's like if you miss like the first quarter of a basketball game you're not missing much it just seems like it's a rule that you can't fully enforce if that's really your goal is to make sure that you have guys playing every game as long as the doctors the league doctors not the team doctors deem them to be healthy no you really can't you got to just let them do what they do best and just stay out of it i understand you know you don't want to lose ratings but how many people like legit for watching the nba will sit down on a wednesday night and watch nba basketball only if it's their team yeah if it's their team but like is anybody really going to devote their evening to watch, you know, two decent basketball teams play? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just the regular season, you know, with the exception of football, mm-hmm. it's the regular season just kind of doesn't really appeal to like a wide audience. Really in any sport except football. Yeah. Cause it's like the seasons are so long mm-hmm. that if you don't watch a game in October, you're not going <laughs> to, it's not really going to affect you. Yeah, in it doesn't way. matter. Yeah. It's like, so, you know, it's. I feel also that's why uh, you know attendance drops at a lot of games because you're like, okay, it's like if I can't go to this game, there's forty other games <laughs> that I could go to. It's just I don't know. And they won't shorten the schedule because no. then they're going to lose money that way. Yeah, or now they want to extend the schedule mm-hmm. and lose even more money. Or have a mid-season tournament. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, and why would someone play in a mid-season tournament? Is it like draft incentive? Because then you're telling guys to go out, hey, compete so that we can draft your replacement. We get a better shot at drafting your replacement. It's that there's so many dumb ways to fix stuff, mm. <laughs> and it's just let's. Well, I mean, if you look at the regular season and how far it goes, mm. the basketball season, mostly people see basketball as lasting from like November to april at the latest Mm -hmm. the nba finals go until the end of june yep that's not basketball season (laughs) just like the stanley cup finals go to the end of june Mm -hmm. that's not hockey season i just the seasons are so long Mm -hmm. and the playoffs are so long that you're just like you get bored and it's just like i mean there are times where like i'll be putting together like page two of the paper and i'll be like oh yeah the wings are still playing. <laughs> They've been out of the playoff picture for like two months. But yeah, I got to put their box score in there because, you know, in case people care. And you're just like, really? I stopped paying attention to like New Year's. <laughs> I mean, I, I watch so I can keep up to date, but it's not like I don't have like a specific interest in it, you know? Hey, going back to a segment from a few weeks ago, 
how much longer for Jeff Blaschel? Does he make it to Thanksgiving? No. No, really? No, no, I mean, I think so. He's not making it to Christmas. Yeah, okay. I can see it. Well, I said Bruce Boudreaux is going to be gone by Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I, he, he still might be. He still might be. I just, um, you know, people are talking, at what, at what point do you need to start looking at the coach? And mm-hmm. it's like, now he does, you know. <laughs> yeah, the Red Wings are bad, but have they really gotten better under Jeff Blaschel? Right. I know he's a youper and he's from Sault Ste. Marie and people have this attachment to him, but really? Mm. I mean, <laughs> he's not Iserman's guy. Iserman, from what we've heard, doesn't really like him. Probably so not. So it's like he's probably looking for an excuse to dump him to get the guy that they want, mm. that he wants. So I think he's gone by Christmas or at the very latest he lasts till the end of the season, but he's not going to be back next year. Who will be the first NHL coach fired midseason? Well, I said Bruce Boudreaux, and I'm going to stick Still with that. Still thinking Boudreaux. <laughs> yeah. Well, they fired, what was the general manager today? Paul Fenton. They fired him after one year thinking that was the answer, and it clearly wasn't. Yeah. So, I, with since they were so trigger-happy there, I can see Bruce Boudreaux <laughs> being gone. So, And he's just not a likable guy. No. Yeah. I mean, like, he's he gives you great sound bites because he's got a massive temper. He's like torts, you know, but, like, he's... I mean, the players don't seem to like him, mm. and it's like, and yeah, you know, you look at this and you're just like, okay, you know, players don't get along with their coach, you know, okay, they're millionaires, but it it creates a bad thing, you know, mm. in the locker room. If you don't respect your coach and you don't like him, right? it's like, you know, it creates this cancer in the locker room, and it's hard to, like, get a connection. It doesn't matter how knowledgeable he is. It's a, it reminds me of Pierre Maguire when he was coaching in Hartford. Like, you know, a, a Pierre's knowledgeable about the sport, but they did not respect him there. No, it's like Melrose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, this is like, you're an analyst more than you are a coach. Mm-hmm. And it's just, they, you know, if you don't have the respect from your players, you're not going to be successful. And uh, someone told me this a while back, and they said, if you're a jerk and you are successful, people call you controversial. Mm-hmm. If you're a jerk and you're terrible, you're just a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's basically what it is. It's the difference between being Belichick and Bedreau. Yeah, in a nutshell. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan, Steve with you. We are getting about 10 minutes until the top of the hour. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funnies next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any today's show, get caught up on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple App Store, Google Play, or look up ESPNUP.com and get the on-demand there. Every week... We end the show on Fridays with the Friday Funnies. We've got Ryan per usual today. Ryan, your job to make us laugh here in the final few minutes. Did you talk about Baker Mayfield's outfit this week? His outfit I did not. Okay. Well, as people maybe not known this, he shaved his beard twice mm-hmm. during that game on Sunday. He showed up with a full beard before the game, then shaved it into a handlebar, before, right before kickoff, and then went back after the loss and shaved the handlebar, and it's down to this pencil thing. And then he dressed up like a guy who's been undercover as a cop for like 20 years. I loved how he said, I didn't deserve the handlebar. He didn't deserve the mustache. I, I, my column this week, I talked about that. I didn't deserve the handlebar hey, what mustache. What was the, fa- the uh, not family guy, South Park character that he looked like? I don't watch South Park Oh, Randy. Park Randy, Randy Marsh. Okay, yes. 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 He looked just like him, too. But, like, it identical. But yes, that, that we'll start off with, I didn't deserve my mustache. <laughs> 
Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. has turned off all the TVs in the team's facility because it's creating a negative vibe and he doesn't want his teammates to hear other people saying how bad they are. <laughs> okay? Is this the team or is this you people are going after? Because... As I joked on Twitter, is he going to take all the mirrors away from the the facility, too? Because that's the problem. <laughs> you. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, what it's do you think of that? It's not the defense. Yeah. It's not the defense people are talking about. How is turning off the TV going fi- <laughs> to fix your problem? It's not. He sounds just like Matt Nagy after his presser. I think it was after the, after the Chargers loss where they missed that last-second field goal. Matt Nagy said... Tune it all out because it's not going to be good. I think they used the same quote, too. Mitch Trubisky went out and said this week uh, something like uh, earmuffs and blinders or something like that. It was the exact same thing that Nagy said after the Charger game. Wow. I, it's just <laughs> Those two are made for each it, other. They're perfect. They deserve each other. They're messed up, and he's messed up, and he's messed up. It's great. Alex, uh, Eric Bledsoe, the Bucks. that's oh, been no. all over the place. <laughs> you know, dribbled it into play. You know, the rules say... If you're taking the ball in front of bounds, you have to pass it in. He just simply dribbled out of bo- dribbled it in from out of bounds and thought no one would notice. And people were like, "Are you pretending you're like playing a pickup game in your in like in your driveway? Because that's you really you can't, can't do, do that. that. No. And it's just like like just a huge brain fart at the time or what? But it was just or I don't know. It was it was hilarious when I saw that. Uh, Alex Caruso of the Lakers mm. wants LeBron to take it easy with chest bumps because it's starting to hurt. <laughs> he goes, LeBron has about 60 to 80 pounds on me. <laughs> and it's like, so he's basically like getting hit by a wall every time he does a chest bump. You can add him. Alex Caruso to one of the most unathletic-looking professional athletes ever. And is in the NBA. You could put up a picture of him side-by-side side with Paul George and ask somebody to point out which of these two has actually scored a point in the NBA so far this year. Right. Now, I get it. I get it's not for the same reasons. My brother sent me a meme like that. It was Antonio Brown and Hunter Renfro holding like a cheeseburger wearing a Clemson shirt and said, one of these two yeah. has more touchdowns than the other so far this year. Guess which? <laughs> not Antonio Brown just yeah. looking jacked. It's Hunter Renfro. It's Hunter Renfro in college, yeah. Who would have guessed? Um, do you see what they, uh, the Kyrie Irving billboard? Oh. Yeah. So somebody put up a billboard near Madison Square Garden, and it shows Kyrie Irving saying uh, he wanted to play at home. He's with the Nets. Mm-hmm. He grew up a Nets fan, but people are pointing out he could have been a Knicks fan. He said he was inspired by the 2002-2003 final appearances, and that's made him become a Nets fan. So it's like a dagger, further dagger into Knicks fans. Like, you could be getting this all-star guy playing for you, but he's a Nets fan instead of a Knicks fan. They were supposed to get Durant, Kyrie, and Zion, and they end up with Bobby Portis, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Who else do they have there that's past their prime? (laughs) <laughs> they have a lot of guys there. That, and they said, you know, last year they're not good because they're young. This year, at least they're going to have some veteran guys. They're still not any better. No. They're 1-6. The James Dolan era. <laughs> it will never end. <laughs> Do you hear Oregon has a mobile sideline toilet? Yes. It, How great is that? Uh, yes. Okay, apparently if a player on the football team needs to go to the bathroom, they have a toilet that can pop up. You know, it's like a... Like a vinyl porta potty in yeah. a way it pops up 
And when you're done, the guy comes out and the toilet collapses on itself. <laughs> it's like the coolest. That's that's Nike money right there. Not only flashy uniforms will give you a collapsible toilet. Uh, you don't have to run to the locker room. Didn't their kicker like pop in yes. there briefly? It was a collapsible porta potty on the sideline. <laughs> it's beautiful. It is so great. And uh, well, uh, we'll go. Trevor Booker. Um, of uh, going look reflecting on his time on the wizard teams said it was so wacky on that team that one pl- he said it was it was the most fun I've had in the NBA but it was arguably the worst team I've ever played on <laughs> he said I'm glad I got out alive one player cut up another player's suit one guy took a dump in another guy's shoe <laughs> while they were there. He said we'd break into each other's rooms, tie up a guy, and beat him up. <laughs> he goes, it was my first NBA team. And he said, wow, the NBA is really a S show. <laughs> Literally with the shoe thing. That must have been like the Gilbert Arenas days. Yeah. And then he says, I went to Utah. And he said, wow, this is way different. Which I'm sure a lot of people oh, say sure. when they move to Utah. <laughs> It's really different here. I can't find a bar. <laughs> and all it's like I I mean there are in Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. but I mean like going to Provo or something. Right. Yeah. So that's his experience. He came out and said there's fighting, there's poop and shoes, there's people cutting up suits, there's breaking into rooms and beating up your teammates. What a wild time. Oh man. No it, wonder they weren't good. It, uh, and then we'll end it with the Nats, who apparently decided we're going to celebrate all out at the Capitals game. Adam Eaton celebrates a goal by chugging a beer through his jersey. The entire team who rode on the Zamboni ripped their shirts off. Uh, they would sign. If you look on the photos, the entire rail is full with empty beer bottles. Mm-hmm. They would sign the beer bottles and toss them to fans who are below them. And Evgeny Kuznetsov was not impressed. Mm. He said, I think they look pretty sober. Now, this is the same guy yeah. who in Cotton Vegas on video after the Caps won the title <laughs> with lines of white powder next to <laughs> And he was suspended four years of international play for failing a cocaine test. So, compared to that guy, they probably look pretty sober. <laughs> compared to Kuznetsov and Ovi. Everybody looks so Yeah, I mean... Everybody. Yeah, I thought they were crazy to anybody else who maybe doesn't do that kind of stuff. They thought they went nuts. But to those two, they were like, eh, this is like a typical Saturday night for me. No, they're not impressed with Brian Dozier's shirtless twerking. No. It's like, come on, man. It's like, I did coke after winning the (laughs) title. I mean, it's like... It, to impress Kuznetsov, you really have to raise the bar. You have to do what he did, basically. And uh, yeah, so we'll close on partying and wacky team antics. And who's worse? What is the craziest one? Are you talking about the Wizards? Or are you talking about what the Nats did? What is it with DC sports teams? I, it's bizarre. I don't know if they're trying to make up for the Reds with the Redskins ineptitude that oh, if we win <laughs> or if we're bad, we have to really show that we're dysfunctional. Oh, and by the way, the Skins announced today that they are not going to pay Trent Williams, even though he did report to camp in time. So that mess is going to continue. We're going to have a whole fresh set of content to talk about in that regard next week. What a franchise. Isn't that great? <laughs> what a sports city. Yeah. Either spectacular celebrations or just ineptitude at the highest level. <laughs> 
How there we go. With that, we're out of time. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Tune in to Ryan's tweets tonight. Follow the game and check out the column. You'll have that Friday, Saturday. What is coming out in the column this week? I'm talking about uh, how there's certain teams where professional and college that will perpetually just in this endless circle of abyss and how there's some that even as hard as you pray or hope, that's probably not going to happen for you. So I point out some teams and some college programs where it's not going to improve. That is it for us. Back on Monday, same time and place. It's my hope you join me. For Eastern 3 Central, for Ryan Stieg, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for li- Oh, you got some? No. I'm just oh, I thought you put your hand up. Yeah, yeah. That's it for us on ESPN-UPWZ. I'm Ishpeming Marquette.